Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Beautiful. Beautiful. So I, I love this idea of the I am statement, right? The most powerful statement in the world, in my humble opinion, as we just talked about. 
I also want us to, to address something. Who do you get to be this week? Who do you get to be? What's interesting is as we talk about work for the week and all the things we have to do to, to, to get to where we want to be, whether you're working at a nine to five, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a coach, we do this thing where we go, man, I got to go to work, right? I got to do this. I got to do that. I need to do this. But instead of that, what if we just looked at the world as who do I get to be this week? As Marcus was talking about, some of us get paid to talk at a camera all day. Some of us get paid to be in front of a Zoom and share our ideas, our thoughts, and we're paid a living to do that. Yet and still, there are some days that we don't feel like we're good enough or we don't feel this way or that way. So as we're, as we're taking everything we've learned from Alexander and we design those I am statements, please do not forget this small but important point. Don't forget to be that person. Now, I love the I am statements, but what's interesting is I, I work with coaches who come to me after their days and weeks and months of uh, uh, affirmations and things they say to themselves, but yet still they're not getting the results they want. Well, it's because you can make all the I am statements of the world, but you can't forget to be the I am statement, to act as you are that person. Who do you get to become? Who do you get to be? Maybe not even become. So so one of the things I want to talk about today uh, is this idea of the behaviors that get us to what we want and ultimately become. For those that don't know, my name is Raylan. I'm a sales and mindset coach. And, and so today I want to talk about the biggest thing that I actually work with coaches on and that, and that coaches that hold coaches back from getting their message out there to actually changing as many lives as humanly possible. And this is that this really, really scary S word. I know the Brestwood champions, people are maybe sweating a little bit because they're like, oh, Raylan's about to say the S word. Yes, I love swearing, but I, I promise I won't swear because Brestwood champions. But that S word is the word of being salesy. Everyone hates that word. I don't want to be salesy. It's probably the most common thing I, that I hear. <laughs> but Raylan, I don't want to be salesy. Now, before I get into this, I want to remind everyone where you are right now. In case you just popped in, you heard people like Alexander, Marcus Black, people basically screaming hope and joy into your life. And you're like, where the hell am I? I'm going to remind you, you're in the Breakfast Champions Club, where we give you inspiration, education every single day, here in the mornings, throughout the day in various different ways. If you missed anything and you're like, what is going on? How can I take part? How can I gain as much information as humanly possible for Breakfast Champions? You can click that button at the top of our heads here where you can find all of our podcasts. The cool thing is, once again, if you miss anything, if you're on the West Coast like me and you don't get to wake up at three o'clock in the morning to check in with everybody, that's where you can find everything. So as I mentioned before, so I work with coaches and corporations that struggle effectively to, to, to mend the gap between enrolling clients and building meaningful relationships because guess what? You can't have both. You can build a meaningful relationship and you can also make money from your clients, it is possible to do both. So like through my you know, sales program that I call the Elevated Sales Academy, the whole premise, we wanna cut down the time it takes to actually make the sale while simultaneously elevating our clients to new heights. And in that mission, again, one of the biggest fears that get in the way of the coaches, people here on stage even, to get in the way of them actually getting to where they wanna be is because they want have this fear of once again being salesy. So I want to just to take inventory 
I want you to flash your mic if you've ever felt this before, that fear of being salesy, or maybe heard somebody and thought, man, that person is salesy, or even heard me talk and said, man, Raylan is salesy. Okay, good. So I'm not the only one. I too, right, when I was growing up in the in, in the sales world, right, was like, man, I, that was my fear. I don't want to, whatever it is I do, I don't want to be salesy. And so before we even begin, I want to establish this point, right? The problem and fear of being salesy, whether you know it or not, is actually costing you clients. Let me say that again. That fear you have of being salesy is currently, whether you know it or not, costing you clients, costing you money and your business, and more importantly, costing you getting what you want. So I, at least my goal today, in the next like 20 minutes or so, I'm gonna show you the door to getting to the other side, the other side where your ideal client is waiting for you to get over yourself and just to ask them, hey, how can I support you? How can I help you? I'm gonna try to get you to that door. Now, whether you open the door, that's up to you. So before we begin, I want to start with a premise, something that throughout this talk, we're going to assume to be true. So everything that I bring up, we're gonna have the assumption that this statement is true. And again, I want you to flash your mic if you actually agree to this. And obviously, make sure you listen to what I'm saying here if you do actually agree. Do you agree that you have a moral and ethical responsibility to get who you are or what you do to as many people as humanly possible? Flash your mic if you agree to that premise. Okay, we got a few people. I know obviously we're a little busy this morning, so maybe some people can't contribute. That's fine. Beautiful. So once again, we're going to assume throughout this talk that we have a moral and ethical responsibility to get who you are out there or what you do out there to as many people as humanly possible. Now, when I ask that question, if you do not, do not feel this way, could mean one of a few things. One, you believe that what you do is not important to the world. It may mean that your offer, you believe that your offer is not important to the world, in which case you need to change your offer. All right, what is the point, especially if you're an entrepreneur, to have an offer, have a product, have something out there in the world that you don't believe in that needs to get in the hands of as many people as possible? That's number one. Number two is if, again, you don't agree to that, that you, what you have for the world needs to be in as many hands as possible, you may believe that who you are isn't important enough to share with the world. And this one's a hard one. There's a possibility that who you are isn't enough for the world. I'm here to tell you that is true. If you believe that you aren't enough for the world, you're right. I'm not even gonna try to convince you otherwise. You're right. Because how you act, how you think is how you act. The truth is, we all know that's, not, that's, that's BS. You are enough. And even your stories and how you grew up and the life that you've lived and the experience you've had, it is valuable to millions of people. But again, if you wanna spend the time you have convincing yourself you're not enough, go ahead and continue doing that. Uh, just note that it's probably not gonna serve you much. So we all understand that we have a moral and ethical responsibility to get out what we have our, is to say, our message or product or offer to as many people as humanly possible. So I have four ways to remove this fear of being salesy. This is mostly a thought experiment that I'm gonna take you all through, something to consider 
as we're going into this week. Because look, it's Monday. It's a new opportunity to get better. It's a new opportunity to get, again, what we do to as many people as humanly possible to change people's lives for the better. And so what better day, honestly, to think about this stuff, go into the week strong than Monday. So the first thing is we have to recognize that being salesy comes from a scarcity mindset and not one of abundance. Now, I do this thing, right, where, where I fast every single day, intermittent fasting. I eat in these eight-hour windows, and I, I, I fast for 16 hours a day. Now, the reason for this is not for any of the reasons I just love mentally what it does for me, right? I just have clarity, all these things. I'm not going to lie, though. There are some days that, that I'll go a full day without eating. Not on purpose. Like, you know you know that feeling when you're into something, right? You're at work or maybe you're here on Clubhouse and you're delivering a message and you're doing all these things. And the next thing you know, you're like, I haven't eaten today. Well, you know, admittedly, that happens to be more times I like to even admit. And my girlfriend has to text me and go, did you eat? <laughs> no, I didn't. Okay, so sometimes that happens. It blows past me. But what's interesting is as soon as I realize that I haven't eaten, I start to get extremely hungry. I didn't even notice I didn't eat all day, but at this moment, I'm starving. And then something happens where maybe we'll order some Uber Eats, right? And I'm excited for that food to get here. I can't wait till it lands on that, uh, it gets here. And as soon as I open it, the order's messed up and immediately I'm angry. I'm starving. I want, I had this idea in my head of something that I wanted and now it's not even here. So what's interesting is that is the feeling that we're having. It's interesting because it's almost like we'll never eat again. We have this desire to eat and do what we have to do. And what's funny is, again, we have this scarcity mindset as if no other food exists. There's another possibility that can happen. That other possibility is that I can just order more food. Or I can just go and make food. Like I, I can eat. It's not that big of a deal. But yet and still, right? We want to make sure no matter what, we get that done because we don't know when our next meal is coming in. That's like the way our brain thinks. People who, who perceive themselves to be salesy or, or, or whatever are really talking about that hard sale. When you're on the phone with somebody, they won't let you get off the phone unless you buy it. That's what we perceive to be salesy. The reason why we do that is because we don't know. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to Breakfast with Champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you wanna know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorning5.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. We're going to eat again. Now, one thing that's a bit controversial that I talk about, because the, the most famous kind of saying, so to speak, in sales is that there's fortune in the follow-up. I don't know if anybody's heard that before. There's fortune in the follow-up, which, you know, is true. It's absolutely true. The way that I teach sales and the way that I've always done sales is that I'm going to get you to commit to yourself within the first call, one to two calls. After that, I don't have time to convince you. Why? Because I have an abundance mindset. Why spend days and hours following up and doing all this stuff when there's somebody else that desperately needs me? I'm not going to waste my time with everybody else. So I focus on making sure those first interactions are powerful and inspirational to you so you can go on and do what you want to do. If you're not ready for that, cool. You'll come back eventually. Not that big of a deal. 
Yet and still, right, we, we get the scarcity mindset, and that's when we start to get desperate. Or maybe you're in a desperate situation. You don't have the money that you want to have right now, and so you need to make rent, and you need to do this, or you need to make a mortgage. So you, you're, you're, you're constantly in a scarcity mindset instead of one of, of abundance. So the truth is you will eat again. Okay, you have to recognize that that salesiness that we speak of really comes from that scarcity mindset as if we'll never get another client again. But I'm here to tell you, there's plenty of people in the world that want what you do and most importantly can learn from you. Now, number two is you have to detach from the result. Now, this happens quite often, but I had a client come to me and she was really upset by by the way something uh, took place. Right. She did, did this webinar didn't go the way that she had imagined in her head. She was really struggling with this concept and she was like, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't get, um, I didn't get the results that I wanted. I didn't get as many people to sign up as I wanted to. So what's interesting is she was upset, not just at herself, but she was almost upset at this individual. She was mad that this person didn't take action. And by the way, this happens to a lot of people, especially too, I, I would imagine to people on stage where you pour into people. Imagine you're on Clubhouse all day, every day. You're pouring into people, pouring into people, and then people, you know, uh, decide, right, not to take action, not to, you know, buy an offer from you, not to do whatever. They just soaked up all this free information. It's frustrating. You get mad at that person. The thing is, we have to detach from the result. What's happening here is we are assigning worth to a decision that someone else is making. When you get upset, what's really happening here is we are we are assigning our self-worth based upon the decision of someone else. We have to remember that when someone tells us no, that they decide to go in a different direction, hire a different coach, they just don't buy, whatever the whatever the thing is, we have to remember that they said no to our skill set. They didn't say no to us. They said no to the skill set. They did not say no to you as a human being. So it's funny. Again, even when I work with, with teams, right, they'll be down on themselves and upset because they didn't make a sale. But in the end of the day, imagine you just worked on the skill. Right? It's like somebody walking up to you and saying, ah, oh, man, I don't like your shoes. Does that mean you're a terrible person? No, those two things are not connected. It doesn't make any sense. Hey, I think the color of your car is disgusting. Okay, and? Right? You can change those things. Who you are as a human being is perfectly fine. And it's just that the skill, right, just wasn't for that individual. That's all right. No big deal. Guess what? We have an abundance mindset. There's plenty of people that will love the way that you talk, the way that you share your thoughts, etc. So, number three, we have to recognize that being salesy is more about the other person than you. Now, here's the interesting thing. This is where I start to make some people a little feel a little icky inside. That's okay, right? Are we okay, by the way, with being a little bit uncomfortable? Can I get some flat mic flashes if that's okay? Can we get uncomfortable for a second? I want to make sure that's okay with you guys. All right. So I want to ask a question, right? So has anybody, flash your mic if you've ever been in a situation where you have to put up boundaries around friends, family, to ensure you're taking care of yourself? Yes? Okay, good. I've had to do this too. And what's funny is when this happened, <clears throat> this was years ago, I kept hearing this word, selfish. Raylan's selfish. 
because I had spent years pouring into friends and family. You needed something, I was there right away, but I wasn't getting anything in return, what I call return on relationship, right? It was turning into a parasitic relationship that I had with friends and family. It wasn't healthy, right? So, as everyone talks about, right? I wasn't putting my oxygen mask on first. And so I decided I can't give anyone anything if I don't have anything to give because I gave it all away, all away. But I kept hearing this word, you're being selfish. And it started to affect me, right? I started to go, am I a bad person? Am I a bad person? And then you realize something. This is the interesting part. Maybe in total, the number of people that was calling me selfish was two. Two people. Two people called me selfish, and I started to believe that this was true about me, negating the fact that the people that I serve in my life, the hundreds of thousands maybe that I've given to because I was able, I had the energy to do so, was a result of because I, once again, was quote-unquote selfish. I was pushing away thousands of people for two. Is that worth it? No, it's not. So when we talk about the idea of being salesy, that's kind of what we're talking about here. Imagine if one person says you are salesy and there's somebody in this room right now as they're hearing me speak because I'm even saying the word sales, they're like, ew, he's salesy, okay? Now, there's also 200 plus other people here. Now, imagine if I were to bring that into my own brain and I go, oh my God, somebody's calling me salesy right now. Maybe I shouldn't talk about this. There's probably hundreds of people that need what we're talking about today that will take what we're talking about, embrace it, and go inspire more people on their Instagram page, on Clubhouse, et cetera, get more clients, live the life they want to live, and impact the world. And they won't be able to do that if I, again, take the thought of one to two, hell, even 10 maybe people saying Raylan Selzy. Now, go back to the premise we started with. You have a moral and ethical responsibility to get what you do, who you are, to as many people as humanly possible. Are those one to two people, by the way, who aren't real, we have no idea who they are, are they worth you not getting your message out there? That becomes the question. And the answer, obviously, should be no, of course not. You also have to remember that when someone calls you something, anything, it could be salesy, it could be selfish, it's usually a mirror of themselves. It's usually them just projecting onto you. They're reflecting their own insecurities. You're reminding them of something they don't want to be reminded of. So again, imagine I'm here on stage and I talk about my offer. I tell everybody on stage, hey, this is what I do. This is how I help people. And once again, somebody goes, oh man, Raylan is salesy. Let's just use me for example, because it's easy. Okay. That individual, this is just, again, a thought experiment here. But that individual may be upset right now about what we're talking about because I am reminding them of their own insecurities. I'm reminding them that maybe they lack the confidence to get on stage of 200, 300 people and tell everybody, hey, this is what I do. Here's how I can help people. Maybe I'm reminding them to be shining to everyone. They're choosing not to, and it makes them feel uncomfortable. It makes them feel like, man, like I'm maybe I'm not good enough. So instead, we do this interesting thing where instead of feeling icky and feel, instead of feeling bad, we want to just make someone else feel bad. So we go, oh, that person's salesy. I don't like 
this, that, and the other thing. Here's another thing too that's interesting about, again, this word salesy that I hear all day on Clubhouse, et cetera, is that the people that say it, oh, okay, we're gonna hurt some people, feelings, it's okay. The people that say, oh, that person's salesy, are usually coming from a place of envy. Once again, for what we're saying we've mentioned, but it's also individuals that are don't have that many clients. They're not getting what they want. This is an interesting paradox, right? Like you go, oh, that person's salesy, but you know that if you were to get out your message to the world, that you were to help as many people as possible, you would be making sales. And if you were making sales, you probably wouldn't care about how everyone else was doing what they were doing. It doesn't matter. I'll take a, 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 I'll give everyone an example. And it's from an individual, because I know a lot of people at the 10X, Grant Cardone. Grant Cardone has written several books on sales. Actually, I think uh, uh, the 10X rule, uh, or Sell to Be Sold, I think was like the first sales book I bought like five or six, seven years ago, something like that. And I remember hearing from countless people, what's interesting is I hear from countless people, Grant Cardone is salesy. And here's the interesting thing. And I, I actually started to embrace this a little bit. I go, maybe he is, right? To some, yes. But also, there's millions and millions of people that look to him for inspiration. There's millions of people that buy his thing. So here's the question, right? Grant Cardone is almost like a, 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 a extreme case of what we go through. There are 10 people that maybe will call you salesy when you actually start pitching what you do and, and getting it out there. Now, on a larger scale, you have Grant Cardone. Maybe a million people call him salesy. 10 million buy his stuff, though. It's all about percentages. My point is this, right? If your dream, what you want for your life and for your clients is worth it to you, the small percentage of people that will call you something like salesy, selfish, conceit, whatever the hell people will call you, because people will call you things, is that worth you not getting your message out and getting you what you want? That becomes, again, the question. Now, the last thing is observing how believing you're being salesy is making you salesy. It's just a weird paradox, right? Like, here's the thing, right? So you assuming that you are being salesy is actually going to stop you from pitching. It's gonna stop you from telling people how you can serve them. It's gonna stop you from inspiring people about your message and getting the, the, the word out there, selling your offer. And then what starts to happen is you don't practice on your craft, your message, your one-liner, whatever the tools you need to be successful, because you're not practicing, your skill decreases and how you do it. And as your, still, your skills decrease, like emotional intelligence, reading the room, things like this, right? Re being able to read clients, asking the right questions, everything that goes into a, a human conversation, okay? Because you don't work on it, your skills decrease. And as your still, skills decrease, you become more salesy because every time you do it, it sounds icky. My mother years ago got in a really bad car accident. She didn't want to drive anymore. She was like, I'm, I'm done driving. Okay, fine. So she, she doesn't drive for a while and decides, okay, later on, I'm going to just get in the car and drive. Well, she gets another accident. Some people look at that as, oh, just the universe gave her two car accidents. Or it was because of the fact that she was unwilling to practice something that she was afraid of, and as a result of that, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. 
So now she doesn't drive ever, right? She's done with driving for the rest of her life. She's, she's, she's done. The difference between my mom and driving and you and what you do is that you cannot afford to not practice your craft. You cannot afford to not get clients. So to me, it's really simple, right? You can choose to practice the craft of, of telling people your message, getting it out there, or don't. But what you cannot do is dim the light of others. You cannot get out there and, and shame other people for the way that they do what they do. It doesn't matter. It's nothing to do with you. So overall, the cure to being salesy when we're talking about this is to accept the possibility that maybe salesy, the word salesy doesn't actually exist. The only place the word salesy really exists is in the minds of those who will never buy from you. So why are you concerned? Why do you care about what someone else thinks about you? The only time you should care about what someone thinks about you is if you start to embrace it as a part of your I am statement, as we talked about later. If you start to create meaning around what someone else thinks about you, that's when it becomes real. So instead, look at it, what it is. Someone calls me salesy. I go, okay, cool. There's someone else that doesn't believe that. Someone that thinks that I'm inspiring. Someone that thinks that I am who I am. And that's the person that's going to pay me. That's the person I get to build a relationship with. So why am I concerned about this one person? So what I want you to go into this week, this next week with, is this. I don't care how many people think whatever of you. We address the one thing that we have to make sure we understand, which is that you have a moral and ethical responsibility to get you out there. I don't care if you're not a coach and don't have an offer. You have a message that could inspire someone to be their best self. And to not get it out there is, in fact, self selfish. Hmm. To not tell someone about it, to not tell someone about it, could be causing someone to not have the life that they deserve because of you. Because you are unwilling to get your message out there. Do you really want that weight on you? No. So do what's easy and do what's natural and do the right thing. Share your message. That's it. So with that being said, uh, my time is now up and I... Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.